Praise the Lord. So I, I need, um, this is, you can just take a piece here. Um, if you can just take a piece here. If you can, he's always ready. Your <laughs> boys are always ready. Lord have mercy. Okay, you take a piece there. And uh, sir, if you could take a piece. Sir, if you could take a piece. And ma'am, if you could take a piece. Don't worry, I'm not going to call you up. You, 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 actually, you'll keep those pieces. Um, praise the Lord. Yeah. Matthew chapter 1, uh, verses 18 through 25. And I'm reading from the Passion Version. This is how Jesus, God's anointed one, was born. His mother Mary had promised Joseph to be his wife, but while she was still a virgin, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. Um, verse 19, her fiancé Joseph was a righteous man, full of integrity, and he didn't want to disgrace her. Disgrace her. He was righteous full of integrity, didn't want to disgrace her. But when he learned that, when he learned of her pregnancy, he secretly planned to break the engagement. While he was still debating within himself about what to do, he fell asleep and he had a supernatural dream. An angel from the Lord, the word angel means messenger, from the Lord appeared to him in clear light and said, Joseph, descendant of David. Don't hesitate to take Mary into your home as your wife because the power of the Holy Spirit has conceived a child in her womb. Could you turn to somebody and say, the power of the Holy Spirit? I said, turn to somebody and say, the power of the Holy Spirit has conceived something in your heart. Amen. Amen. Verse 21, she will give birth to a son and you are to name him Savior, for he is destined to give his life to save his people from their sins. Verse 22, this happened so that what the Lord spoke through the, his prophet, Isaiah that is, would come true. Listen, a virgin will be pregnant. This is what Isaiah said. She will give birth to a son and you, and he will be known as Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Uh, in the Hebrew, it means God has become one of us, according to the Passion Version. And when Joseph awoke from his dream, he did all that the angel of the Lord instructed him to do. He took Mary to be his wife. She gave birth to her son, whom they named Jesus. I, I want to do something that I don't think I've done uh, certainly before, uh, and I want to use the next three 
Sundays, including this one, to speak a series. And I know man, many of you will be uh, trickling out of here over the next few weeks because of uh, the holidays coming up and because you have family elsewhere and ending school. But if you could even listen online, uh, this will help you. Uh, I want to speak to you on a subject. Can God add to my life in 2018? Can God add to my life in 2018? This is a season of increase and enlargement. Uh, it is the year of harvest. And me and uh, Brother Jamie were talking uh, uh, on the way here in my office. And he said, people don't realize that harvest is more expensive than planting. It is more work than planting. <laughs> Amen. And, and so... Um, we, we want to talk about can God add to my life in 2018. And, and I want to talk to you over the next three weeks. Uh, God wants to add three things to my life in 2018. He wants to add three things to my life and hopefully your life in 2018. Uh, number one, he wants to add responsibility. Responsibility, which means that, as Stephen Covey says in his book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, uh, as he said in many of his books, uh, that means you must have the ability to respond. Responsibility is the ability to respond. And I don't know if you, for those of you who are at Fan to Flames, we had a fantastic word uh, from, uh, yeah, you get some, you get some uh, cheerleaders here. Fan club of the Ohene and Regine club. Uh, they, they ministered as a couple to Fan into Flames and they talked about uh, responses and how how the difference between Zachariah's response and Mary's response to the uh, word of the Lord. And so we want to talk about uh, this morning, talking about responsibility. Uh, number two, God wants to add revelation. He wants to add responsibility to your life. He wants to add revelation to your life. And he wants to add, of course, resources to your life. Because God... You see, the word provision, provision is actually, we use it, provision means we're going to get stuff. But the, actually, the word provision is provideo, which means to see before. In other words, God sees where you're going before you get there, so he gives you provision to make sure what he has for you will be accomplished. Tell somebody there's resources attached to your assignment. You hear me? And some of you don't need money, but you need talent. Some of you don't need talent, you need time. So there's three resources that God will give you, treasure, time, and talent. But we'll talk about that later. Um, Joseph's name in Hebrew, it, main, it, it means, it's a Hebrew name, which means may he Jehovah add or may the Lord add to me. May the Lord add. May the Lord add. And I want to talk to you this morning about added responsibility. Added responsibility. Notice that the, the name Joseph does not mean the Lord will add. It says, may the Lord add. That means he needs permission from you. It means that no matter what, um, what, God says he still needs us to partner with him. 
the praise team is going through one of my favorite books, uh, Intercessory Prayer by uh, Pastor Dutch Sheets. And, uh, and Masato was sharing on this past Thursday on that book. And one of the things Dutch Sheets says that, and, and he said this years ago, and it really struck me. He says, the challenges with many of us is that we get a prophetic word and we kind of like, it's almost like we put it in trust and don't even pay attention to it, just to, and, 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 and maybe it will come to pass. But Dutch Sheets says something that really struck me, and, and I know Pastor Chandler does it, and I do it from time to time, and he says, when you get a prophetic word, what God needs you to do is to continue to pray that word that was spoken over your life. It is called confession. Confession. Confess. Con means together and fest means to speak. So me and the Holy Spirit are agreeing with what God says over our lives. So that's why we sing that song. Let the weak say I am strong. Let the poor say I am rich. And like uh, Deacon Vera, you said it, you're right. Let the redeemed of the Lord what? Say so. What's the so? I've been redeemed. So we need to agree. When we receive Jesus Christ, we didn't receive him in our hearts through some mystical uh, 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 deposit. No, the Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe. So God puts the belief, but he needs us to confess, to say the same thing say the same thing. So when God says you are a mighty man of valor, he needs you to say that with him. Tell somebody you're sitting next to God's favorite child. Tell them, no, no, you're not. I am. (laughs) Now there are seven, there, there are four themes and, uh, Again, a really wonderful message by O'Henny and uh, Regine. Uh, and uh, Danny uh, and Lorraine spoke about this last week. There are four themes to Advent. There is, and Advent means, basically, it speaks of the coming of Jesus Christ. And, and Jesus is coming to bring four things when he's born. He's coming to bring hope. He's coming to bring peace. He's coming to bring joy. And he's coming to bring love. And that's kind of the order uh, of, of churches that follow the liturgical calendar. Uh, so uh, last Sunday was the Sunday of hope. Uh, this Sunday uh, sh- should be the Sunday of uh, peace. And then joy. And then before Christmas, it ends with the Savior bringing love. So last week was wonderful because it was interesting that uh, Danny uh, Tao did a fantastic job speaking about Zachariah's hope. And then uh, uh, Sister Laureen spoke at the 1130 service, great sermon about Mary's hope. Uh, and so, but, but what I want to do is I, I'm going to mix up the order a little bit. So those of you who are you know, very liturgical, you came out of Lutheran or Catholicism, please forgive me. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to mix them up a little bit because I want to talk about love, okay? I want to talk about Jesus bringing uh, love. And I, w- I want to ask you two, I, I want to ask you actually three questions today. I'm going to ask us three questions today, and we'll go through the sermon uh, as we do that. The first question I want to ask us is, and, and this struck me, is what kind of man Well, what kind of person does God entrust 
his only son, his only dream, his only purpose, his only plan to save the world too. <clears throat> As was shared many times, Luke chapter 1, and particularly particular Mary's song, the Magnificent. And you, you hear, we're hearing a whole lot of themes about Zachariah and Elizabeth and uh, Mary and uh, uh, Gabriel. Uh, but it seems like, and, and it's like, and there's a lot that's spoken about God's only son, that, that God didn't need a man. He just got Mary pregnant, and he didn't, he didn't need a man to have a son, but he needed a man to raise his son. What kind of man must Joseph have been? that God would put his entire hope, not on Mary, on Joseph. <laughs> and the question I have to ask myself, can I be that kind of man? See, there are three stages to a Jewish marriage. The first stage is engagement and uh, in the Eastern culture, uh, that probably takes place uh, in childhood. It's sort of an arranged marriage. That's the first stage. Then the second stage is the betrothal. Uh, you are betrothed, and it, it's our version of engagement. It, but in, in the Jewish culture, this is serious. It's, it happens usually one year before the marriage, but when you are betrothed, you are legally married. It's almost like you went to the judge, are you following me, or city hall, got legally married, but you didn't do anything until the wedding. So, so, and then the third stage is the marriage itself, that is the wedding and the honeymoon. So there's engagement, there's the betrothal, and there is the marriage. So right here in this picture, in this story, uh, Mary and Joseph are betrothed to get mar married, and Mary finds herself pregnant. Okay, are you with me? And and here's this teenager. She ha mm, she has to trust God that He has provided her with the right husband. Mm. And God's hope is is like okay, I gotta trust that Joseph is going to be response-able. That, mm, that, that when Mary comes to him and says, I'm pregnant, that I got to, I am trusting you, Joseph, that you will be able to respond correctly. Because Joseph legally, legally, in Deuteronomy chapter 22, verses 20. 3 and 24, Joseph could legally have had Mary killed. God has to trust that when she shares with him the news that makes no sense, that has never happened before in the history of mankind, that Joseph 
doesn't say, I'm going to have you killed simply because you think I'm stupid. And so the, the question number two that I ask myself, we quote Mark 11 verse 22 a lot. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. God asked me a question. Can I have faith in you? God has to believe his, his whole plan of salvation is not simply riding on Mary. It's riding on Joseph that he will have the correct response because if Joseph in his response, in his anger allows Mary to be stoned and killed according to the law, meaning that he's legally within his right, the whole plan that God is setting up for thousands of years is messed up because Joseph can't handle in his heart the plan of God. As I read the article about PT and all the things that God has done, I remember things will happen in, in the church that I did not respond well to and I was going to leave, have my letter written up, I'm out of here, I've had enough. And now I look back and say, what, how many destinies would I have changed, let alone my own, because I was angry? <clears throat> I remember I was going to leave my job because they weren't paying me the way I thought they should. And I stayed there. And the last, the last day of my job, Loretta St. Louis walks in my office and she shares with me everything about her life. And then a few, three months later, she walks into PT in September to the song. After, after, of all songs for her to come in on, she comes in on the song, I went to the enemy's camp and took back what he stole from me. And here's a woman, she shared it, she, she, she shared it on her uh, many times publicly. Here's a woman who her and her three sisters were molested by their dad who was a pastor and they were molested in the church. How do you get that back where the very place you're supposed to meet, the Father God is the place where you were ruined? And yet she was able to walk in and say, I went to the enemy's camp. And she gave her heart to the Lord. And then her 16-year-old son, JP, gives his heart to the Lord. And then some of you heard Friday how, uh, how JP was throwing rocks at, at Henny's window saying, come to PT. And, and the rest is his story. But maybe that doesn't happen if I get an attitude with my boss because they're not giving me a raise. And then I have to stand before God and explain why JP and Loretta are going to hell because I didn't get a raise. Because I put my faith in my job 
where my help and my provision comes from the Lord. Cambridge Hospital was not my boss. My boss is the Lord. I thank PT for how you provide for me, but my provision is not from you. And once you stop thinking your job is your provider, that's when it all hits self. What kind of man does God need to pull off his plan? God needs a man who's rigged. He needs a rigged man. I, I need God to rig me. I know we heard from our president again and again that the elections are rigged. God needs a rigged man. He needs a man who is righteous. He needs a man of integrity. And he, means, he needs a man who is graceful. Righteous, integrity, and graceful. The word righteous, and I, and, I, and I really wish I had time to do this, but the word righteous, it comes from, it, it, the etymology of the word righteous, right meaning not bent, and wis means nature. So he needs a man who's not bent in his nature. He needs a man who every time something happens, he doesn't get bent out of shape. Turn to somebody and say, he's talking about you right now. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Now this is deep. Secondly, he needs a man or a woman who has integrity. 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 The, the word integrity, integer. Integer versus fraction. An integer is a whole number. Okay? He needs a man of integrity, a man who is whole and not fractured. Everybody who got a piece of the everybody who got a piece of the pencil, stand up, please. Okay, see, see, here's a, here's a problem with many of us, and that is our lives are fractured. Our lives are, and I'm not saying you know don't take this personally. Those are standing up, but but our lives are fractured. Our lives are compartmentalized, which means I act. One way, here, what color is yours? Green. Green. I act another way, red. red. I act another way, Green. I act another way, Green. I act another way. Green. Okay, so, you know, let, let's, okay, again, I'm not casting any aspersion, but, you know, I act one way in school. I act one way in my job. I act one way with my boys. I act one way in my family. I act another way in the church. Oh, you look nice in the church. You look like a church boy, okay? You may be seated. But the problem is, is that you're fractured. And God can't use a man or a woman who has no integrity, who is not whole, who is fractured. Because what happens is that when you are fractured, are you with me? What happens is that when you are fractured, when God puts his hand on your life, and he wants to use you, he can't because you fall apart under either the pressure, the pressure, there's two pressures that will destroy you, the pressure of problems or the pressure of promotion. 
Oh, yes, promotion will put pressure on your character. The Bible says about Solomon, when his heart was lifted up, when he got promoted, that's when he forgot God. Oh, you used to come to church all the time when you had to take the bus or had to take Uber. But now that you got your nice shiny car, oh, I can't come to church. I got to, you know, God gave me this car, so I need to take care of it and I need to wash it and make it look good for the glory of God. (laughs) Can God use you as a whole person so that when he puts pressure on you, You don't fall apart in his hand because your life is so compartmentalized. Would people on your job be shocked to see you in this room? Would people in your school be shocked to see you in this room? Would they look back and say, huh? (laughs) Would they go back to the job and say, guess who who was that? Oh my God, that murder. If that's the case, then you are a fractured person. Then he needs a graceful person. Oh, my. He needs a graceful person. Help me, Jesus. Um, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8. The Bible says that Joseph did not want to disgrace her, though he had a right to. He was a graceful man. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8, in the NIV, and the voice I put them together, it says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins or a multitude of faults. God needs a man who's going to cover. Oh, my. Oh, my. Ooh, Jesus, uh, you, you, you may want to walk out right now because you're going to be held responsible for this one. You see, you see, some of us, and, and I really need to talk to us guys because we are the covering, amen, we are the covering of our families, and if you're not married yet, God is basically training you to cover, but too often when we cover, we, we cover like this. Okay, so come here, uh, Calm. Okay, so what happens many times is like, so when God gives us the uh, the right woman, uh, usually what happens is like, well, you know. (laughs) 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 No, life is life is grand. What's wrong with you? No, no, no. And, and, And what happens to that? In other words, I'm so busy covering myself. Are you with me? That I leave my spouse exposed. Oh, no, no, don't sit down yet. Don't sit down yet. And then some of us get a little bit better. Okay, now I can fit, you know, my, my, my wife, and now, and, uh, you know, come over here. You know, yeah. And, because my real, well, you want my daughter anyway. And, and come on inside. Come on the other side. The other side. The other side. The other side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now you can all fly. Lord have mercy. And so now, you know, I'm, I can cover. I'm covering my family. Okay? Which is nice. 
But when your family's struggling, hey, <laughs> it's on you. you know, well, I'm doing well, praise the Lord. <laughs> you hear about the clocks? They're having problems. Well, <laughs> glory to God in the highest, but doing well. And all we're doing is t- taking care of our families. But what God wants, he wants us, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Now we can fit oh, all sorts of people. Come here, Masato. All sorts of people. Can. Come, here. come here. Yeah, yeah, you. Yeah, come on. Come on. See, all sorts of people. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not just fitting just black people. Mm. I'm not fitting just Bajans. I'm not fitting just people who are my people. Okay? Are you with me? Sir, can you come here in the, in the blue? Yeah, I don't even know you. Okay? okay, but I want you to come under the covering. Okay, look at all that. Look at that. See, and so the point is, is that can God depend upon us to enlarge our territory so we can cover people on our jobs, our neighbors, people who we don't know? Thank you very much. You got to grow to be one of these. Because it's not natural. We're all selfish. It takes grace to cover. Finally, we must cover others from the wolf. We've got to cover others from the wolf in their lives. John chapter 10 verse 12 says, A hired man is not a real shepherd. The sheep mean nothing to him. He sees a wolf come and he runs for it, leaving the sheep to be ravaged and scattered by the wolf. He's only in it for the money. He's only in it for himself. He's only in it because she's fly. He's only in it because of what he can get out of it. The sheep don't matter to him. That's the message Bible. What's the wolf? In people's lives. The wolf is weaknesses. We've got to cover people's weaknesses. O is offenses. L is for loss. And F is for faults. We've got to cover people's weaknesses. What do you mean? Don't, don't, don't expose people's weaknesses. Mephibosheth in second. Samuel chapter 9, verse 11. His grandfather was trying to kill David. His father befriended David. And now his grandfather and father is dead. And Mephibosheth as a child, as a child. Is there, is there, uh, I, I need a, I need a child. Like, he's like, he's too big. I need like a small child that ain't gonna, they ain't going to lose their mind if I grab them. Okay. Okay. Oh, can I borrow your child, your, your grandchild? Is it, oh, oh, it's your child. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Y'all going to, y'all going to. Ah. Okay. 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 Uh, everybody's like, oh, look at Grandpa. Okay. Okay. Uh-oh. She woke up. Okay. So, Mephibosheth is 
he is uh, crippled because of nothing beyond, nothing due to him, and he's weak. Are you with me so far? But the Bible says he sits at David's table. Hey. He sits at David's table, and because everybody's sitting, nobody knows that he's handicapped. David covered his weakness. And the reason why I have this child is because we need to, we need, we, we need people who, did he pass me the oil? We need, we need people who are going to work with these children who are at the, who are at the weakest point of their lives. We need, we need people who say, you know what? I'm going to work in a nursery. And I'm not, and, and, because someday this beautiful child is going to be a teenager. And so what if I start early as a, as a child worker, as a nursery worker, and rather than just saying, I want with Spencer and, 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 and you know, and Elena, how did they get their child? Because, my goodness, sirs, it's almost over. How about if I just, you know, why I have this child, I anoint the child, and just, oh, God, bless this child. You know her destiny. You know her purpose. You know the grace upon a life, Lord. I bless you. And what if every Sunday you are taking a child and you're praying over so that prayer after prayer is multiplied so that when they get older and the enemy has plans for their lives, that you as a nursery worker, you've, you, you spent four years just praying. She's like, where's my mom? We need people who are going to work with the children in their weakest points, in their weakest state. You are a good child. Look at I tell you, I know I'm anointed. Lord have mercy. <laughs> and at that point, we want to let the Sunday school students go. And teachers. As we continue, I just want to finish up this wolf piece. As I said, we got to be, we must cover other people from the wolf. We must cover them in the places where they are weak and not expose them. Are you with me so far? We got to cover people's offenses. The Bible says that David was about to kill Nabal because Nabal offended David. And Abigail in second first Samuel chapter twenty five, verse thirty four, Abigail came and covered her husband's offense to make sure that her husband 
wasn't going to get killed. And, and, and uh, Sister Kia talked about this a few weeks ago. We, we need a crew in our lives that's going to tell us about ourselves. Because some of us can say some stuff, and you need a crew that say, you know, you, that, <laughs> you know that, that wasn't cool what you said. Do you have somebody in your life that can really say what you did was not cool? Do we allow our spouses to say things that correct us in our offenses? Nabal would have been killed if he didn't allow his wife to cover the offense. We need people who will cover our losses. Adam and Eve, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 21, they, they were losers. They, they, they lost paradise. And God should have, could have said, serves you right. And then on top of that, what, look at you, the stupid fig leaves. Shame on you. You, you. you deserve what you got. You're a loser. And yet God in his love. It started off with Brother Jerry Reddy, and, and, and he talked about how PT through you know, the, mini the prison ministry that we had, uh, how uh, through basically our, our, our brother Craig and sister Rebecca, how they got him, they ministered to him while he was in Bridgewater, and then when he came out, the first place he looked for was PT, and He's been on a trajectory that is amazing. I remember one Sunday he came and he said, Bishop, look it. I got a Brooks Brothers shoot on, suit on. I said, Brooks Brother, I don't even have Brooks Brother. He said, he said, and guess how much I paid for it? So now I call him Brooks Brother. <laughs> but, the, the, but the point is, is that he suffered loss. And he himself said, because of, because of, the his past sin, he was he was estranged from his son for twenty five years. Twenty five years, but Jesus is a restorer. 
See, that's what we, and, and we covered the loser. And it was exciting when, uh, was it about two years ago? He, he sent me a picture of him and his son. Out of nowhere, his son called him and said, Dad, let's talk. And he spent the holidays with his son. I'm talking about the Lord has called us to cover people in their loss so that they can be restored. We are to cover those who are weak, cover those who are the poor thing, cover those who suffer loss, and finally, cover those who just simply, it's their fault. It's their fault. Noah, and he finally hits dry land, and in Genesis chapter 9, verse 23, uh, he drinks too much, gets drunk, he's in his tent naked, exposed. His son Hams sees him exposed, and instead of covering him, he goes to his brothers and says, hey, dad's naked in the tent. Come on. And his brothers, the Bible says, they grabbed a blanket or some kind of covering, and they walked backwards so they wouldn't see their father's nakedness, and they covered their father's nakedness. And the question is, when we see people who are at fault, do we cover their nakedness, or do we expose it and say, hey, look at this knucklehead? Are you a coverer, or are you exposing? And I, I want to end with this because I thought about a number one time, and it still pains me. And this happened probably over 40 years ago, but every time I think about it, it still pains me at what I did. I, I decided I was going to take my little cousin, who's now <laughs> a man, and I decided I was going to take him to a basketball game. And I bought the tickets, and I gave him the ticket and said, okay, when I pick you up, we're going to go to this basketball game. It was uh, a, a real good game. And so we get to the uh, stadium, and I assumed he had his ticket. And so I take out my ticket, and he doesn't have his ticket. Now, remember, this is not, this, this, there's no cell phones, there's no email, there, there, there wasn't even any PCs back then. It was just, you either had the ticket or you didn't. And I remember it like yesterday, and it still pains me how I behaved. Uh, and I said, and I, I, now again, we're in line, there's people around, and I, I yelled at him. I said, I can't believe this. How can you forget the ticket? What's wrong with you? Instead of me covering up the fault, I exposed it. Are you a coverer? Are you an exposer? Joseph could have easily said, 
this woman, I didn't touch her. The law says she should be killed. But the Bible says he did not want to disgrace her. He covered her. Let's bow our heads. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Can we take a couple of minutes, literally a couple of minutes, and ask the Lord to search our hearts? And look, look at places where God is saying, I want to add responsibility to you, but I'm really concerned about how you're going to respond if I add this to you. There's some of you who God is saying, I know what you're going through is a tough pill to swallow. I know that the weight of it almost looks like it's going to destroy you. But I want to let you know this morning that the reason why you're going through what you're going through is because I have faith in you. Joseph, I have faith that you're going to be able to withstand the pit I have the faith, Joseph, that you're going to be able to withstand the false accusation of Potiphar's wife. I have faith that you're going to be able to endure the prison. I have faith that you are going to be able to endure being forgotten. And I have faith that when I promote you, you will give me the glory because you will understand, Joseph, that my whole dream and purpose of bringing your family out is dependent upon how you respond to all the things that life is throwing at you. Thank you, Spirit of God. Lord, there are people who are in tough situations right now. Or have been in challenging situations. But Lord, you're saying, you do have the ability to respond. Because you can do all things through Christ who gives you the strength. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. If you're here right now and this word has spoken to you, I'm not going to ask you to come up to the altar or I'm not going to ask you to even say how it spoke to you. But if it spoke to you, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. I want you to stand right now. And I just want to include you in this prayer that I'm going to pray over you. As God is making you into a, a rigged person, you a righteous person, full of integrity, a whole. God is saying, I want you to be graceful. I want you to be covered. 
I want you to be a cover. For some of you, God is enlarging your territory. He's enlarging your territory. When the Lord put on my heart to basically add one or two schools to the gift cards we're going to give, I'm like, God, that's a lot of money, God. And God's like, I've enlarged your covering. to be a blessing to the city of Cambridge. I've enlarged. I've enlarged. And, and I need you to trade in that smaller umbrella for a large one. Yeah, it's going to cost more. But I can trust you to be a blessing. And some of you, God is adding. He, he has snuck added responsibility into your life. You're like, God, I can't, I can't take any more. And he says, yes, you can. You can do all things through me that will give you the strength. My grace is sufficient. And he's asking the question in 2018, can I add responsibility to you? Can I add it to you? And I think this is a moment that God is saying, you, you need to answer that question as you're going into 2018. Is the answer yes? Or is the answer, I, I, I can't do anymore. I won't do anymore. I can't put up with this anymore. And so, Holy Spirit, I thank you for each and every individual who's standing. You know why they're standing. But Lord, one thing I know that we sing the song, you're a good, good father. So that means if you're adding something to us, that means it must be good. <laughs> because you said in Psalm 84, the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing, no God thing will he withhold to them who are rigged, <laughs> to them who are righteous, to them who walk upright. And so, Lord, I thank you for the responsibilities that you're adding to people's lives, whether they be problems or promotion. I thank you for adding to their lives because what you're saying to them is, I know you have faith in me, but I got good news for you. I have faith in you. I have faith in you. That you're going to allow that, you're going to allow me who has begun a good work in you. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6, you're going to allow me to finish my dream. I put my dream in your heart. I put my purpose, my plan. And I have confidence that you're going to give birth to my Savior. Because <laughs> what I put in your life is going to rescue people. So, Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus that you will give individuals here boldness and courage 
when the wolves come into their lives, I pray that you will put people in their lives that will cover them. Cover them in their weaknesses and their offenses and their losses and their faults. And Lord, we're to be we're to be coverings from the wolves in other people's lives. Help us not to see people exposed and just say, hey, that is not my problem. Oh, Spirit of God, let this be a church that covers Cambridge. Let this be a church that covers Cambridge. Let this be a church that cares for Cambridge. And Father, if there's anybody here who does not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, I pray that they will ask you, Jesus, right now to come into their lives because you love them enough to cover them in their sin. And now I ask that they would come to you and say, Jesus, come into my life and save me from my sins because I want to be your child. Oh, God. Oh, God. And finally, I ask you, Lord, in 2018, enlarge our territory. Enlarge our umbrella. Oh, God, I don't want us to just cover our little church. I don't want us just to cover our little community. I want, mm, thank you, Holy Spirit. I want this to be a church that covers nations. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I want this church to cover nations. I want people to walk into their office and say, I'm not simply covering my desk. The Lord has put me here to cover the whole corporation. This corporation is blessed because I'm here. Oh, yes, Lord Jesus. Repeat after me. Lord, I give you permission to add to my life in 2018. I won't fight you. I will cooperate with you because I want to increase. In Jesus' name. Can you give the Lord a hand praise right now? Ah, tell somebody, 2018 is my year. Tell somebody, 2018 is my year.